On this episode of the Faded Golf Podcast, John and I, we kind of ramble on a bunch of stuff. I know we've missed out on a couple weeks catching up on the PGA, catching up on golf, and we touch on a number of topics. Obviously, slow play is hot right now. We touch on that at the end, but we also talk a lot about just uh, the state of our games, the state of uh, golf in Indiana, as well as uh, the PGA Tour, FedEx Cup, those kind of things. So we hope you enjoy it. We're kind of wrapping up season one of the Faded Golf Podcast, and we uh, look forward to wrapping up a couple more episodes here between now and the President's Cup. Thanks. I've got this one about two balls out to the right. I'm telling you, man, it's a speed putt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 34 of the Faded Golf Podcast. I am Mark Julien, joined, as always, with Mr. John Falkenberg. John, what's happening, my man? How you doing, sir? Uh, I am lovely. It is a beautiful August day. Uh, we've, had, we've had some phenomenal weather um, in August, by the way. I know we had like a crazy rainstorm last night, but... But the past three weeks have been fantastic. Fantastic. Late August, really July, um, and then really this, not late August, early August and, and late July. That's what I was trying to say. The weather in Indiana has been great. Uh, courses dried out a bit. Um, what have we been? The average of like 80, 84? It's been f- fantastic. I mean, it, been, it was humid as hell today, I'll, I'll say that, because, but we had kind of a rainstorm come through, but that was crazy. It still wasn't that hot. Uh, no, it was tolerable. I sweat. I the front nine. We we teed off at like one thirty today, and I will say for like my first hour and a half of the day, though, man, I until and basically until I got dehydrated enough where my hat stopped dripping, it was freaking. It was humid. Did you walk? We did. We walked, which was good though. I mean, I I need the exercise. Uh, my beer gut's been coming really really nice this summer. Um, so uh, I, I definitely need to walk a little bit more. <laughs> um, but or you know, or maybe cut down on the the beer and just go to tequila. Well, I like beer too and, much. And so. hey, we are going to review a tequila tonight. We've got uh, uh, something unique. What I'm looking forward to uh, sharing or talking about. So yeah, we we um, Josh and I are my partner in our old buddy match last night. We both walked, and then uh, the guys we played against uh, side and Pate. Um, they took a cart, which was kind of the odd, whole thought, round. The whole round. I think they wanted to zip. They said they want to zip around, but you know, Josh and I were like running to shots with our, <laughs> so we were sweating. I mean, we actually kind of like doing. It. We're just kind of yeah. moving real fast. Um, but it was the weather was perfect. Last the time. weather's been awesome for golf. Um, I think this weekend is supposed to be just another. Like the next few days, I guess, are just supposed to be just fantastic. So, um, kids are back in school. We're we're yippee. like yippee. Um, but uh, yeah, no. Looking forward to it. A lot, of, a lot of golf left to be played here. You know what? What sucks is when I think when school comes back in. To me, it's like the first tipping point of like knowing that it, at least in Indiana, the, the golf season is starting to like it's it's on its way like out, and it's like that fucking pisses me off. So you know, I was thinking about that, and this will be my first year. I am like kind of looking forward to some winter. Because I have a place to go to to go play some golf. And November, late November, I got this member guest that we're going to go back down and do. And then I go down during the Christmas. So it's the first time I've actually felt like, oh, at least I have Like you're not too, like the no, leaves fall and you aren't going to I'm not be, getting like, anxiety ridden. Yeah. I'm not like, oh my God, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah. But we have, I mean, to, 
to this, I think we've we've John and I have been playing golf. We've been hanging out. It's been good. Um, uh, we I'll I'll be the first one to I guess say I apologize for us not being consistent with the podcast this summer. It's been, but I, it's been tough. But I think we've we've been motivated to play the game. We've been motivated to spend time with our families, um, and uh, which has been great. And it's fine. And and I think now that we are essentially one year of faded golf. I think I, I got an email this week that said I bought the URL one year ago. So I got my renewal notice essentially on the URL. And uh, I think, you know... What's your, what's your handicap trend? You know, that's a whole other story. Are you 1.2, right? 1.2 trending. 1.2 trending. Started the season at 2.8. So you've put some work. Yeah, I've... I, my back I think doesn't... I, st- I started out as a four, I believe. You, you've put in more work than me. One, well, I mean, I'm still above you, 1.7. Right, but I mean, we're, we're both trending very well. I don't, if you go um, below, I don't have a bad back this year, which is very helpful. If you go below one, it's curtains for what, your you? pops. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm well aware of the situation there. I, what I do hate, though, is that my, um, my, my buddy partner, um, we went out in the very first round this year, and I've been playing very solid golf, obviously, the year she goes, you know, the one round where you sucked ass was our first freaking buddy match round. He hasn't been playing much, has he? No, he hasn't played basically at all. He's he's like Ranger Rick. He goes out there and freaking beats balls but doesn't play much. So don't want to become don't do that. I don't think so either. I think you gotta I think you gotta try to make time. But he to in his defense, in his defense, he is like a four year old and like a yeah, yeah. one year old, almost two year old. Like, two like dogs that too, is, right? And two dogs, and like he's got, he's got his hands full, and a, and a Tesla, and two, two Teslas. <laughs> two uh, Teslas. <laughs> actually, I think they're getting rid of one of them. Anyway, um, no, I, I just going back to uh, um, I, the really the summer and, and us not doing the pod as much. I think it's just been a, a testament of um, we're enjoying what we're doing. You know, we're enjoying our life. It's been great. Uh, being able to get this kick started, but I, I think we're going to try to get motivated to do some more stuff going into the new year. Um, I really want to uh, get into the mental game um, and start doing some research on that and having some conversations around that. I think that's a, a big part of the game that um, doesn't get covered a ton, uh, probably because it's not new equipment and it's not swing freaking techniques or gurus or tricks or something like that. I have, but, I, I've talked about it with you, but our, are one of the coaches on the golf team. He just focuses on mental. Yeah. We need so, to have him on. He's offered to come on. I, I think we'll have him on, and I think you and I are gonna we're gonna lean into it come season two because, like I said, we've been a year in. We're gonna we're gonna consider season one done after the Presidents Cup, um, and then we'll move into season two of the Faded Golf Podcast. And uh, I think you're you're gonna see a renewed focus on the mental game is is at least part of something we talk about uh, each episode. I hope so. You think you have chinks in the mental armor? No, I I just think it's a it's a much more significant part of the game than we um, than maybe sometimes we talk about or we think about. And uh, one of the factors was something we were talking about before we started recording today, which was um, you know your body state and how that impacts your mental focus. So, for example, John and I played Saturday this past Saturday morning after uh, playing a Friday round where we had a great time with a lot of the neighbor guys. We did so this this we past. We both played well. So, um, well, here well, I'll start with this. So, uh, we have, and I, I believe we mentioned this in previous episodes. TPC. So, 
We've got our TPC club, the Players Club. Um, it consists of uh, 16 guys that live in the neighborhood all around the course. And we played what we call our Masters event last Friday. It was a stroke play. It was a net stroke play event. And um, we had a great time. Uh, the, uh, the player slash black team uh, came out victorious as far as having the low four scores. The red team, though, did have the single winner, Victor, uh, with Mr. Sexton. Um, played a great round of golf. I think he shot 76, uh, which was like a net 69, which is fantastic. Um, uh, I, I actually tied him, though. I shot freaking good round, net 69 as well. But we, I lost on a, a net birdie on the first playoff hole. So. And I took third again on the second event. Yeah, because John's been consistent. He's a consistent uh, a, a, a show guy. A You're net, a show guy. I just, I had a net. No win, no place, show. A Way net, to show. A, a, net, a net par round. It's, it, and hey, here's the deal. John and I have been both playing solid golf. Um, we've had fun. But so, so then Saturday morning rolls around and we do an eight o'clock uh, tea time after then, kind of celebrating Scott's victory, <sighs> enjoying kind of the evening. Um, and you roll out of bed and your mental focus, because of the state of your body, is just not the same. And so I think we can get into that a ton. Um, in the coming season, I you know I played the weekend before early. We had a seven thirty tea time. We had the first tea time out. You know what though? I only had like a few beers and I went to bed. I went do some. We we didn't do that last Friday. We there was no. We were some tequila. There was tequila. There was beers. There was just I smoked half a cigar. Like you know whatever. Well. That you know, that can be excuses to a lot of guys. Because a lot of guys do that, and they're like, "I'm going to play fine." But well, yeah, Eddie I think, Pepper, Eddie Pepper will be like, "Dude, I fucking crushed." You know, how old is Eddie Pepper? He's probably like 26, 27. There, that's a big difference. But, but like, he can go out and be like, "I crushed like ten pints tonight," and like rolled out of bed and freaking played golf. But he's also a professional. But but he's not going to be doing that shit when he's forty, unless you're Darren, no. unless you're Darren Clark. Darren Clark did that, <laughs> but. Think of all the struggles that he possibly also had because it, um, sometimes focus is an important part of the game. Um, I, I, all, I, I can also agree that like not, be, not grinding and not being focused, but, but thinking about shots and thinking about your strategy and things like that and, and being at least in the present. And I think when you're in a state of hunger, a state of uh, dehydration, a state of you know obviously hung, <laughs> hangover, um, focus on each shot the way you should or the way you should plan out that shot or think through that shot. Uh, if you miss one every now and then, it can cost you. Yeah. You ever watch 10 Cup? Yeah, absolutely. Shoots an 80? Not hard. No, it, it's especially for amateur golfers. I mean, it's just it's yeah. difficult. I mean, but, you know, if you're, you're with a trip, if you're in like a, 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 a trip where a golf trip where everybody's doing it, then, then it's okay because everybody's going to be feeling the same way. Yeah. But if you're going in and playing, you know, against a group of guys that, you know, they they went to bed early, they had maybe a cocktail or two, and you know they're they're ready to go. They're gonna, you know, and they're let's say they're same handicap as you, they're probably gonna whip your ass. Yeah, it's pro- it's a good chance. Absolutely, a good chance. I mean, we've got our club championship coming up, not this coming weekend, but the following. You know, three day tournament, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you crush it on one of those. Nights, which four, which one of us? We're, we're which we're we're, we're probably more, gonna do. We're more than likely gonna do. 
um, you have to be prepared for the consequences of the mental grind. Like yeah. here, like no, on last I, Saturday, last Saturday, I didn't, I didn't care if I no, had to, if I had to go in and grind mode. I mean, I'd shut it off. I wouldn't talk, and I just we had like twenty dollars on the line. It wasn't a big deal last no. Saturday. Saturday, it was like not you know, it wasn't like we were playing for some big trophy, and it wasn't some men's club event that earned you points or some shit. It didn't matter. We just showed up. We played. We got to hang out with uh, with some with some folks, and it was a good time. So. Yeah, I mean, but I think you can turn it on and off, and of course, you want to shoot a good round, and you actually ended up still playing okay. I, mean, I came back on the back nine like I usually do when I get off to a shitty start and then like stop caring and play better. And I probably sobered up a little bit by the back nine as well and was able to focus on some shots. You know, but it's, you it's still much, didn't really care. It's so much different, though. Like, think about yesterday on a Monday. You worked in the morning, and then you played... What time did you guys tee off yesterday? 4.30. 4.30. So you got, like, all that work out of the way. You probably had a nice lunch. You probably were, like... Not overly even caffeinated by four thirty. Like all the, all the caffeine had worn off. You hadn't had any alcohol, and you and it was Monday too. So you know Sunday night you probably didn't like crush it with a freaking you know bottle of freaking Tito's or something like that. Shot par yesterday. And if you shoot, go out and shoot even par. And today, uh, kind of the same way. I didn't go out crushing it. And I mean, we teed off about one thirty. I will say I was a little jittery on the front nine because I was a little over-caffeinated. I had probably had too many Diet Cokes that morning because, you know, that's my thing. And um, by the back nine, I started putting better. I started actually lagging. So, like, I was leaving shit, like, six feet short in my, my freaking putting. You was just, so bad on the front. And, yeah, it was just a little jittery, and I hit that. I laid the sod over that freaking hybrid on four. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that, that's kind of hard to do. There was just a few little mental blocks. It wasn't crazy. Trying to hit down on that hybrid? I don't know what I was doing, dude. They said you're supposed to do actually. That. What I was hit doing, it like an iron. What I was doing, hit it like an iron. I, I was trying to just hit a nice, smooth, freaking like lazy, and I it was way too lazy. So anyway, um, but I think there's there's something to say about like you know your your body chemistry, your chemical balance, and mm. Mm. and all that kind of stuff. Hundred percent. I mean, if, I know if different you, than I bet you these guys, like the guys on tour. I bet you some of them play better in the morning versus the afternoon or afternoon versus morning just because of the way their body Dude, is. Dude, and they, it, look, the, it, when you hear the, the commentators talk and it's all about the games, like, what are they doing? They don't ever talk about, these are young dudes. They're, not all of them are fucking straight and narrow. They're not, they're going out and they're getting some beers. They're fucking hanging out. They're eating some food. They don't feel perfect the next day. I'm just, it, it's a fact. They're out, you know, I guarantee a lot of them are single. I'm just saying. Well, hey, they got money. They're probably partaking, and you know, they might find a lady friend. Is that weird? Is that weird? Nope. No. So there's stuff going on in between rounds, even during. I mean, look at Dustin Johnson. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, dude. He. I. There's no way when he was younger, he wasn't out doing things. Younger. Three years ago, that guy was freaking, uh, you know, blow. Just, it was blow. Yeah, was, it was blow, and uh, who knows what blow else. and hookers and a girlfriend I, who and knows? other players' wives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but that guy still won. I mean, even doing yeah, that, I know that's what's crazy. But about that's that, youth. Man. Youth. You know, we're both forty plus. I'm forty. How old are you now? Forty two. Forty two. I'll be forty three in October. So that. Dude, that has something to do with it. I mean, you can't you go out and no, do No, we, we just talked about how I can't even fucking stay down through the shot right now. My fucking body's so old. Posture. 
Ugh. But some of these guys, like, been with, stretching though. Yeah, I've been stretching. <laughs> I can almost touch the floor with my so, my fingers. So hold, but but you ever hear these guys like getting in their forties and the commentators are talking about well, it? I, like, I wish we I wish we videotaped this but, fucking thing because I I would show you right now how close I can get <laughs> to touching my toes. You ready for this? Here we go, dude. That's a go. Uh, that's pretty. Hey, you're touching them. And we must be stretched you, out. Yeah, I'm pretty we, good there. We Just touch my toes. Look. look at that. I'm gonna try to get palms down by the end of the year. Samba sandals there, but hold on. Listen, I want to go to a point. So, you know, they talk about guys that become almost better ball strikers through their 40s. They might like lose some parts, like yips with their putting and stuff like that. Parts, but why? What? Why? Why do these guys? Some of these guys become like Paul Casey. He's Paul Casey's 42 years, 43 years old. And he's the better ball striker he's ever been. How? Um, mental. Mental. Okay, that kind of goes back a little bit full circle. Like what you wanted to kind of focus on more is that you think his mental game is so much better than it was when he was younger. I think when you talk about full circle, I think there's a lot to do with the mental game. So you know, you and I have talked shit about Jordan Spieth, and I I I, I joke that I think he's done, but I do believe that. Um, he can come full circle. And I think the the main thing that is his issue right now is mental. It has nothing to do with his physical ability. The guy clearly in the past has done whatever. And I also believe Rory, the reason he's been kind of, he's been, dude, has got phenomenal golf swing, but it's mental. He's, he's, he's not following through from a mental perspective. And even DeChambeau, he's, for God's sakes, the guy overanalyzes everything at this point, and he's known for doing that. Um, and it's a mental factor for him. And so, uh, to me, the guy who is playing the mental game the best right now is, is Kepka, And the rest of these guys um, are doing okay. But the, um, you look at like a Paul Casey. And if he accepts, and here's the thing. And this is why I don't like, like and I'm going to throw Phil Mickelson in here too. If you accept your game for what it is, I truly believe you will play better today. 100% agree with that. And to add on with you saying, hey, I think Kepka has the best. He's the closest guy to Jack Nicholas. He's the closest guy. Because Jack, Jack would, I've heard, like, I'd like to read about, like, his interviews and when he was playing well when he was younger until now. And, like, in him, look back, he always put golf in perspective. It's like, guys, it's just golf. That's the way he looked at it. He took it. every shot for what it was. And if it was a, it was a, if it was a miss, Hogan did the same thing. He's like, and, and shoot, there's books about it. Golf is not a game of perfect. Ooh, golf is not a perfect game, Bob Rotella. Right? I love so, that book, by the way. Have you read it? Fantastic. I just listened to The Golfer's Mind on uh, audiobook uh, last week, by the way, right before I shot 71. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Um, but there, there is... The thing where if you believe that you're okay with whatever game you bring today, and I believe that's where Paul Casey has has gotten to, and I think some of these older guys, and why I don't like where Phil Mickelson's at. Phil Mickelson is unfortunately taking this position that he has to hit bombs, and he has to keep up with Brooks Kepka. With when if he would just accept the fact that his game is great. He hits the ball far enough, and his short game is fucking good. You're, is Phil, I think Phil dyes his hair, by the way. You think? <laughs> what tipped you off? 
Because <laughs> today I was watching a 2007 guys, clip, and he had gray hair coming in, and now it's it's completely black. Now it's black. fucking just straight it's up jet, like black. Jet, jet black. It's like chocolate black brown. And he's, like, and he's doing and he's doing dance moves like the Matrix uh, dodging golf balls. How horrible is that commercial? Pretty bad. I would never buy one of those shirts. Well, or, I would say... I would say... That, but. I would say acceptance is the first part, but what you said saying belief... Yeah. That your game's okay. Acceptance is one thing. But people can accept things and be pissed well, off. Well, it's well the acceptance part is accepting the bad with the good is where I'm going with it. Because you have to, you know, every shot's not going to be perfect. Golf is one game where it's not going to be perfect. It's never going to be. Like, they're, sorry, it's just not going to be. You're, no shot is ever going to be identical. You're never going to have the same lie. You're never going to have the same conditions, whatever. No shot can be the same. Never. Not never. one. Um, you know, basketball free throw is always going to be the same because you're standing there with no fucking wind. And it, well, unless you're outdoors, I guess. But. No wind and flat court, right. same distance. Same thing every time. Same you know, cylinder, yeah. You know, there's very few exceptions other than this where the shot, every single shot is going to be different and that the variation of your face, whatever, all this kind of stuff. So you have to accept the even the little misses or the big misses and whatever well, it is. So yes, that's the accept yeah, part. But yeah, like yesterday, like, when Josh and I were in our match, is like we had to accept that these guys were, we're had on fire. Eight birdies or seven birdies out of the first nine holes. It, what do you do? Because we're down three, down do you, four, down four, going in nine. So you have to. But we were not mad. We had to say like these guys are on fire. It's like I said, look, it's not going to keep happening. We'll we'll keep Law doing averages. Play, play our game. Yep. And we kept in it. And we started playing. It's a good mindset. Yep. And we had a good mind. We kept doing what we had to do, and we got back in the match. We didn't win. Which sucked, but we played really well. Yeah, this is what it is. I, mean, I was down two today, and I had two really bad holes. And I thought, you know what? If I go out and just get a bunch of pars, let that this guy will have to come. Like uh, he's gonna he's gonna break, and he's gonna have to chase me. And guess what happened? I went out and got a bunch of pars, and the guy folded because he he saw me. He saw me get. I, I walked off the seventh green after making a six foot birdie putt and i and i said to him you know i said to him i go you didn't think i was gonna just fold after those those two double bogeys did you (laughs) he goes no i didn't i knew i was in his fucking head at that point school oh he's a great dude but i was totally in his head at that point because i was like you didn't think i was gonna fold because i got it back to um being what what one down or something like that or even god it'd been fun to face you oh You, here, here's my thing. Uh, every time I've played with you this year, by the way, I play shitty golf. <laughs> no, well, you beat me last time out by like what three, and you still play. That's because you just played even shittier golf than I did. <laughs> the other times that we played, I mean, I played pretty good golf. Well, the time before that, you had your worst round of the year. You shot like an eighty-one yeah. or eighty. <laughs> Terrible. Is that your worst round of the year? No, I had like an eighty-four in uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yep. I did. I had an 84 in Georgia at uh, the uh, Palmia <laughs> or Palmetto. Sorry, Palmetto. Yeah, well, whatever. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, I think if you get to go against our buddy Josh, who's been on the show, coach, it'll be a good match. Oh, it'll be good. And but we should live stream that thing. Yeah, yeah that'll be that'll be. <laughs> That'll be. Cool. I don't think it'll be as good as what what you were describing to me earlier about your guys' doubles match. But well, we basically played against the two, best, like two of the best players of the club. Yeah, and you know they played and they played below their handicap. 
So well below. Well below. I well played. Below. I played. One guy shoots the best round of his life. Yeah, and he's already a what a fucking scratch golfer. Yeah. So he shoots six below his handicap. I shoot two below my handicap. My partner shoots five below his handicap. Yeah. Uh, and sh- and and oh, we just forgot. You know, the guy that shot uh, six below his handicap. The other, his partner shot. Only one below his handicap. Oh, man. Two below. So everybody shoots below their handicap, just on fire, lighting shit up. It's awesome. It's crazy, dude. I love it. saw 20 birdies. And and here's the beauty of this. These are all low handicap guys. This isn't like some 18s coming out and being like going out and shooting like 80 or something like that. It's harder for a lower handicap. It's so much harder. Hey, so I was thinking about this. um, And I don't don't have any grounds behind it, but do you know how... um, like the hardest hole is the hole that people stroke on, right? And why is that? Not for my partner. <laughs> well, for one hole he did, but he he birdied two of the holes he no, stroked on. What? But what I'm suggesting is that's the hardest hole for me, and I know it's the har- one of the harder holes for you. But like, why is that the hole that you get you get the stroke on? It's hard, like. If I got to give up a stroke, for oh, example, I see what so you're if saying. I've got to give up a stroke on a hole, that means like because it's the hardest hole, that means it's even harder for me to birdie, more so than it is probably hard for you to par it. Yeah, I see what you mean. I, I do, but I, they just go by the, the handicap. Number. I get that, but like, what if it was reversed, meaning you got your strokes on the easier holes? I mean, I, it kind of blows my mind. Kind of think about it right now. I'm trying to think, <laughs> but how would you like do at it? least? Out how here, would you do it for a six? At least out here, that would mean it'd be too hard to calculate. At least out here, it would mean that all the 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 high handicap guys would basically get they would start getting their strokes on all the par threes. And to me, that's like a much more even playing field because I've got a better chance with a seven iron in my hand. Of or even like a wedge in my hand or whatever, depending on the par three, of sticking one in there and off a tee, of sticking one in there and getting a birdie and having that hole with you when all you have to do is get a par, then, you know, I guess you could make the same argument that I have a better chance of getting a par on that par three and they have a better chance of getting bogey because they don't get a pop on it or something like that too. Or, I, it probably even itself out. Or, hold know, on. No, no, but here, what about this? Let's just like you give... Each guy at the match, they can pick the holes they get their pops on. Just pick them. Wow. You still get the pops. You pick the holes, you get your pops on, and so does your partner. So what is, what's uneven with that? You get a certain amount of pops. It's your handicap, but you pick them. Wow. I mean, that, that's a whole other way to, oh, man, we've created a whole new game right there. But, I mean, I like but why, to me, that's fair. Like, you picked it, dude. Yeah, because those are the ones you want on. You and it. you can pick it on the number one handicap hole if you want. I don't really care, but no, I mean they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be like they're gonna do the same thing as us. They're gonna pick the easy holes. That's what I would do. Yeah, if I wanted my pops, I would totally put them on the easy holes. It all the USGA handicap bullshit though. They could they would it would throw up a shit storm, just like this fucking local no. bullshit rule that they didn't enact right. That was just terrible. And the knee drop shit. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> so dumb. So like, dumb. 
Just all you have to do is rewrite that sentence to be like, you have to drop it not from the knee, but above the knee. And it, the, the rule is fine. Because then, then I can at least hold it out at my hip and freaking drop it if I wanted to. And What's I wrong with a hip drop? Right. There's nothing wrong with a hip. Like, how's this? I can be, you know, I, nobody can see us, but I'm like, just reach your arm out and freaking drop the ball. Like, basically throw it out there. Instead, I got to fucking bend over. I hate it. It's so, it's so stupid. It's the dumbest thing ever. Anyway. Um, so, um, we just, we, you know, I think this week we kind of wanted to be a little bit general about what we're talking about. We did. We're, we're kind of wrapping up, like I said, we're wrapping up our season with talking and, um, and doing some pods here. Um, we've, we've had some good topics. We've had some, we've had a good year. Golf's been great this year. Um, you and I are playing well, which is fun. And, uh, um, it's been, I, I will, I will be the first one to say here, I guess, uh, we appreciate everybody who listens. Like there's people that were like, listen to this religiously. And I can't thank you guys enough for listening to our douchey asses talk about golf. And you know, what's been really interesting is that, um, um, People have started asking about it a little bit more. Like, what's that? Like, what's faded golf? What I heard you guys are doing the podcast. What is this podcast about? And um, it's leaking a little bit, and it's, it's here more locally. And I we haven't done any significant uh, promotion, I would say, where we've gone out and been like, "Hey, listen to our podcast and do this or do that." We've tried to make it really organic. I've actually been listening a lot more since I bought a new truck, uh, and you get the free series for a few months. <laughs> And I've been listening to PGA Radio a lot, mm-hmm. and it's it's good. And like the commentary and the people they talk to, I mean, it, that that kind of stuff that they're doing, it's cool. Like, cause you learn you learn about the game, and you learn about the, from different people, and they have the guests. And you know, we're gonna do a better job of having more guests, variety of guests. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have a mission of more guests. Um, we have a mission of talking more about you know. Um, whether it be our mental game or it be, you know, just, uh, facets of the game versus talking about pro golf and obviously things like that. So, um, I think it's good. Uh, but speaking of, uh, pro golf, so I was, I was having a conversation with Brandel Shambly here. Um, yeah, he replied to me. I, I felt really good about this on Twitter, but, um, so I, I've got a question for you. So, so Brandel says, hold on, let me get back to, um, uh, this and I know. So, Brandel says, as the game becomes predominantly about power, there are more players who have less to consider on shots, who can carry trouble and render irrelevant with sharp landing angles, difficult greens. This is a cognitive cognitive game, not a reactionary one. It's being ruined by power, and um, I think part of his comment there was about speed of the game and that. You know, like a Brooks who doesn't have to contemplate as much because he doesn't, you know, that kind of thing. He's thinking way into it. He's way th- overthinking way it. So, um, so my comment to him was: name another sport that hasn't pushed for a stronger, for stronger and faster. It's the evolution of sport in general. Uh, your argument is narrow-minded, and I got a couple likes off that and a couple other comments. But he actually replied to this, and he said, "Stronger, faster is inevitable and good for sport." It's the combination of stronger, faster, and uh, marketedly empowering and forgiving equipment that has changed the game beyond recognition. Again, exaggerating a little bit, and I get it. And I said, I, I, but I do agree with the forgiving equipment. And I will give my example was I can hit a drive 
off the toe of my driver, like not even near the center. 280. Like 280. <laughs> like nowhere near the you, middle of the club face. Back in the day. Back in the pers- day, that thing was out of bounds or like nowhere. But the clubs back in the day, like when I would like, I've hit a like persimmon wood and those, they didn't spin that much though. They didn't, they, so you had to be they precise. They were knuckly. They were, well, the, the beauty of the persimmon was that it came out hot. And so you did get a lot of roll because you they were knuckly. But you hit them like more. It's almost like a, like an iron, like and not not as much like a driver. Now you fucking tee it up. You got this massive swing balloon hard head. as you fucking want. Balloon. Even head. if I miss the damn thing again, I I mean I hit drives today so far off the toe, and I can look and see. You can kind of see on my driver face like where the ball like made kind of a, a mark on it. It's just way, I don't know, whatever the material is, that you can kind of tell where I hit last. I mean, way off the toe. You wouldn't hit the head of that on a persimmon one. They'd be gone. No, I would have popped it up or freaking duffed it. Who knows? So these guys can swing harder without the same consequences that we had before. So, yes, there's a power game, but I will, I will agree with Brando, and I don't agree with him on much, that... Now, the only thing I don't agree, I don't think it's necessarily ruined the game, but I definitely think it's made it so that these guys can freaking just hammer shit. Well, here's you know one thing that I think his argument's correct. It's like, look, the football hasn't really changed. The baseball hasn't really changed. Soccer ball really hasn't changed. Like, you're, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same ball, and there's no competitive advantage that, that particular ball. And what's weird about golf is how many different brands of a ball yeah. you can use and... Yeah, All but, that shit. But my point back to him, too, though, because he was like, you know, power's ruining the game. And I'm like, okay, so you're telling me all those dudes in football and all those dudes in baseball that work their freaking asses off and get stronger and faster and whatever they do, they they don't hit harder for a reason and they don't freaking swing faster for a reason to hit more home runs. Well, like, there's some legit shit going on. And those these pitchers pitch faster but, than they ever have as well. But Brandel, but I think Brandel is trying to like get back to what the core of golf is. It's a gentleman's game. It's not like those sports. When I was younger growing up and I hadn't like started playing golf, I, I didn't really think golf was a sport. I was like, there's no defense. They don't run. I was like, I, that's what I thought. I really did. I was like, this is not a sport. I just, but, here's, but, it, but, but here's, the, here's the thing about the equipment though. And, and so one other guy commented, he goes, but what about the, classic courses that are being you know you know you can't pros just totally dominate them at this point and i'm like this isn't an argument for the i I don't think brandel was making an argument for the classic course and i don't that's a totally separate conversation in my opinion the the classic course to me still fits 99 percent of golfers 99 percent of golfers suck ass and they don't hit the ball more than 250 yards (laughs) truth fact yeah 100 percent. okay so we're talking about the 1% of the game, and we're, we're trying to create um, compensation like that blankets the entire game for just this 1%. That doesn't make any sense. Let them fucking dominate. Who gives a shit? Let them beat the crap out of the ball. Let them... That's what people want to see. I think they do. I think people want to see bombs, and I think people want to see birdies. And if you want to argue against me on that, I don't want to see bogeys. And nor do I want to see guys freaking barely making it to the goddamn fairway because they got to hit some shitty little driver or some crappy ball. And they're staying like in play all the time. Like the drivers, one thing the drivers do now is 
if they get off, it fucking is. It's just it's out in the fucking left field, and then they got to hit some crazy shot to get. Did you? Sh- uh, well, I will say did the driver though sh- too, though. Did you? I will say the driver that we have now too, though. Not only can I hit a ball off the toe, two eighty. I can hit a ball off the toe and it's in fucking play. Yeah, but if you open that face and get spinning no. right, it can I get bad. But I mean, like That's I was entertained. Maybe like, the epic can, but my Taylor made more. <laughs> Dustin Johnson, when the I actually was watching this because he was, I think he was playing with speed. I can't remember, but he hit this insanely bad drive that ended up like in unplayable. He had to take a drop in another like area that looked like the weeds were like a foot high and you he dropped it and the ball was sitting up above the ground probably eight inches i don't know if you saw this Mm -mm. he was still like 190 to the green and there was a fucking tree right in front of him he somehow hits the ball out of there and like it's right in front right of the green around this tree with a ball that's in the weeds sitting up six inches wow Dude, it was crazy. It was that's, insane. Th- dude, that's just straight talent. I was like watching that. I was like, I don't care about what clubs you have. That's talent. I was like, who does not want to see that? Yeah, it's amazing. Who does not want? That's incredible. I, the idea that they have to, and, and I, I hate the ball argument. I actually think the ball argument's terrible. I think the ball is the ball, the, especially because there's like fifty different that's manufacturers. Jack, that's Jack's biggest quote. I, I don't like it. I, I think it's a. There's fifty different manufacturers of balls. They're all roughly within five we've, to ten yards we tried, of each other. Yeah, we've tried them all. It they're not. They're not that. They're much not different. that big of a difference. So here's here's what I think, and it and it really came. This was actually Brandel tipped me off, really thinking about this this week. I think it's actually the driver and the three woods, um, and the forgiveness of the clubs. If if you were to have a pro set of clubs, if you want to really reel these guys back, you don't have to fuck with the ball, but if you made them all sit, play the same exact equipment. Like, if you turn pro, here's your standard set of equipment, and this is what it is, and it's a smaller-headed driver that's still... I mean, I, I still think they should be able to hit a 300-yard drive with it if they hit it in the middle. But, you know, you shrink the size of the driver head, you shrink the size of the three woods so that they aren't... And you create restrictions there, and you make them all play the same fucking blades. But I, 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 agree, with, I agree with that, but I think you do the same... You do it both. You do the ball and the equipment. You do both. Because look at the only other sport that you could kind of get close to is baseball. Yeah. You can use different lengths of bat. Yeah. Different weights, but it's all that one same material, I, same. Isn't it the same manufacturer, well, what, right? What, the only thing I'm saying is all the balls right now already have these kind of like regulations to them, and they're only going to go so far anyway. You make it so that these guys have to hit. They all have the same equipment that they have to hit in the center of the club face to get it to go the distance. Then at least what you're doing is you're making it so that it's more about precision than it is about uh, forgiveness of clubs. And to me, then you really... Not that you separate the men from the boys. I'm not necessarily suggesting that. But... um, it doesn't uh, allow guys to just freely freaking just smoke drivers out there. And it's, hey, the, the long hitters are still going to benefit, but it puts more pressure on um, uh, missed shots because missed shots are going to be more penalizing. You know, you hit a toe shot, you hit a heel shot off a driver, it's going to be more penalizing to you. It's, this is our conversation. It's never going to happen. 
No, it won't. It's never going to happen. No, because they want the equipment to just be the same for the consumer as the pro, and that's what's going to And be. then the brands, that's, that's who pushes, like they would say, we're fucking done with you. I mean, and dude, at the end of the day, it goes back to where we started with this, and I don't fucking care, because you know what I like to see? Bombs and fucking birdies. Bombs and birdies. Bombs and birdies. Bombs and birdies. But there's not a tournament I've seen in person, not one, where when I see a professional golfer smoke it off the middle of the center of the club face, and just with a beautiful little like freaking fade that just falls a little right, or a draw that just falls a little bit to the left, and they bomb a three hundred, and I go, "Holy shit, that is a different game." Nor Watching. do I do I then see them hit a wedge because they bombed it so far that they have a wedge in their hand. Watching and they stick it. Watching guys like John Rom drive the golf ball, it is just fucking awesome. Yep. It's incredible. It's insane. Yeah, I love it. Sorry. I don't. I don't. I, to me, it's like I don't. So if somebody doesn't, here's the thing: the argument goes against the equipment, though. Is so if this guy right here is hitting the the, the epic flash, and the other his opponent says, "Man, Xander Shoffley illegal epic flash." I don't. I don't think that. But here, but I don't think you know the guy goes like, "Well, that's that club's not fair." Well, he can go buy that fucking club. He can go play that club. So it's not it's not the equipment. It, it's, it's not. It's why I think that even the anchored, you want to play that ball, play that I, ball. I think the anchored putter band's fucking dumb too. Do you know how hard it is to fucking putt with a belly putter? It's terrible. It's one of the worst things I've ever tried. And you, the long freaking broom ass putter, it's not easy to freaking navigate either. Yeah, because you still don't have to do it. You have to do it. You still have to pick the line, hit the speed. Yeah. Sorry. I, I agree with that. So, what do you think of? Um, let's let's move on. What do you think of? You have no real interest in the FedEx Cup. I uh, didn't watch one minute of the coverage last weekend. I did. I watched some. I didn't watch a lot. Nothing um, like a major. I, w- I will say I checked the leaderboard. I was curious who was you know doing well. That 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 I didn't watch a minute of the coverage though. But I don't think you're in the minority at all. Like I think people just they have a tough time of getting up for it. But to me, what's crazy? If people are less interested in, how the fuck do they double the money for it this year? It's crazy, and they had like bonus pays out. Where the fuck is this money coming Dude, from? Fifteen million to the winner. Five million to the guy who finishes second. But 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 did you hear how much they got? Like like just to get in the top one twenty five, everybody got a bonus. Sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, just Why dude, that? just give it away. Well, where is it coming from? I get FedEx makes a lot of money, but dude, they're not. You're not getting the interest. I, people watch the tour championship. I think people uh, are. I think here's here's where I'm at. I think um, maybe people fit in the same boat that I'm. I think people are curious. But they aren't into it, and part of it is there isn't. They're trying to build history. It's kind of like the players' championship argument is like, is it the fifth major kind of thing? And like, it's not. It, it's not. And um, I, I was commenting today too. Um, I do. Here's one. Here's two things I do like. Um, uh, I like that this next this BMW championship. I like that they continue continue to move it around to different courses. I think that's great. Um, it, it was the Northern Trust at a different course this year. I don't, than it's typically been. The Wyndham's not. The Northern Trust, I think. Is it, that always there in New Jersey or whatever? Liberty, I don't know. Liberty National? There's a thing I don't know. I don't know enough about it, but I, I feel like that was a different course for them for that event too. But anyway, um, I like them shaking the courses up 
And I think if they want the tour championship to be uh, more like a major, I think they actually need to move it out of East Lake. And that may be an unpopular um, position. Um, but I don't think uh, people have a passion around East Lake like they do Augusta. And so, which is the only major, by the way, that gets played at the same course every year. And if the FedEx championship, tour championship, is truly kind of like a major tournament of some sort, fucking move it around just like you do the U.S. Open and the British and the fucking PGA. Go put us on a badass new course. You have 25 freaking players. Go put it out at Bandon Dunes where there's never been a goddamn tournament. You Northern, limit the crowd. You've got no players anyway. doesn't matter. Northern Trust, it switches around. It does? That's good. Varies. Well, Jersey City, New Jersey. Move it out of East Lake, too. There's, that's really my argument is move it out of East Lake, too. Great golf course, sure. I'm not. Hey, I'm not doing anything against it, and I get it. They probably have the sponsor dollars, and there's plenty of businesses in Atlanta that totally support it. But um, shake it up a little bit. That might draw a little bit more interest into the FedEx Cup because that course alone, it's not. It's not being like, oh, I gotta watch that because I really want to see East Lake again this year. Unlike Augusta, where every year I'm like, whether I see it in person or I see it on TV, I can't wait to see it. Oh, dude. That that's it's gonna be impossible to replicate that interest, but no, you won't. But if you shake it up like you do with the other majors and you move it, other than the players, which again is that same course, which TPC Sawgrass has its has its thing, it's great. But shake it up, move it to a different course every year. Put that put that championship at a different course every year. I I, I like that idea. I do. Um, I think it could be fun. Well, what, one what of it, the one of the one of the thing I wanted to bring up was this uh, Scott Harrington. The guy that got his 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 tour card officially last weekend. Yep, thirty eight years old. He'd been grinding. He actually left the game to go help his yep. wife who had cancer. Um, and I actually heard him on one of the shows. On was this guy Pesca that went into real estate too, or something? Uh, or is it a different guy? <laughs> I don't think he did. No, but he left. It came back, and he's thirty eight. Man, he's like almost our age, and he's. First time he's made it on the tour. You and I still have four years of eligibility in college, too. Though. No, I found out there's an age limit. We can't. I know. We can't do it. I found Can, that out, too. Division like, two, too? I don't know. We got to figure that. Yeah, I think you, I think there's an age limit. That's unfortunate. I think I think, uh, I think think it's 24. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I was really... Looking forward to that. I was looking forward to Well, he to shot it. a 69, I think, on Sunday, and he got second um, place, and he... He got 19th overall, so the top 25 out of the Corn Fairy. Good for him. How awesome is corn that? Corn Fairy Tour. Love it. <laughs> it's the worst fucking name. That's it's, so it's like the Ruoff Home, Home Mortgage Amphitheater or whatever the hell the <laughs> fucking thing is. It's Deer Creek to me. By the way, that's like where all the concerts are here in India, the outdoor amphitheater. But, well, um, which, cool. by the way, I saw John Mayer last night. Fantastic! I know you and I missed out on the uh, the Victoria National uh, First Teeth event, but John Mayer's solid, and it made me think that we need to go see um, uh, who's the guy that we want you wanted to go see last summer. Um, shit, why can't I even think of who that is now? Country, yeah, Chris Stapleton, yeah, yeah. That guy's got to be awesome live. Oh, yeah, I've I've heard. I'd love to see him. So we're we're gonna go to Stapleton next time he comes to town. Hundred percent. Because I bet you that dude is freaking money. Like, because Mayor just jams, and I bet you Stapleton just fucking jams too. And 
Stapleton can sing. Can you, Mayor, you think he can sing? Well? Actually, he sounded fantastic. Because I thought before, was, yeah, just I no. Don't. He sounded really good, and you know, unfortunately, he gets a bad rap because his first album was very you know poppy kind of thing. But he's he's like a bluesy. He's kinda, a musician. Uh, yeah. He's a musician. Dude, freaking plays the guitar like none. Probably other. there was probably no chicks there that were like that were there to come see him at all. Oh guy. yeah, there were no chicks there. <laughs> Yeah, he had some. I think he had some groupies that were hoping to hook up with him later. Oh, guaranteed. Yeah, they were hoping to show him their body that it was a wonderland. I bet. Um, I forgot. I hate that song. Oh, it's terrible. I fucking hate. And I heard in so insider track on that. I heard. I heard that he um, he co-wrote that with a guy uh, that was roommates with. Somebody here in Indiana. Okay. Actually, a guy that's part of the Yacht Rock Review co wrote it and John gave him no credit for it. <laughs> really? Yeah. So interesting. That's a, hey, that's, that's rumor. I just kind of heard that last night. Anyway, it's kind of an interesting sidebar. Uh, one other thing that was controversial this week before we uh, wrap up our show here um, is that, uh, of course, there is, and I, I don't know, John, I'm, you and I are often out here uh, striving for the sub four hour round. Um, and I know in uh, for at least from what I see on Twitter, um, in Europe, England, you know, whatever, the Brits, they're like four. Fuck that. If if it's not three to three and a half, get off my golf course kind of thing. Should um, be. And I think there's uh, there's some exceptions, of course, um, in that uh, it depends on the course that you're playing um, just because of challenges that you can get into. Uh, our course, for example, there's some long walks between tee boxes. It's not – and it's uh, it can play a little bit longer um, uh, for, for somebody to play in that kind of time. We played in about, what, 345-ish today as a twosome walking which I didn't think was too bad, um, uh, especially when you're playing like a match and you're kind of grinding over some putts and some things like that. Um, I don't know. How, how quick did you guys play last night? Four. Four and in in everybody ever grinding over each putt. We're fa- yeah. Everybody was fast like in the fairways and stuff. Yep. It was two But around the walk. green, you're taking your time. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I made a couple, uh, called those guys a couple, uh, like, I says, hey, there's a couple DeChambeau's over there. <laughs> <laughs> the pain side, I said it up several Because they times. were looking at shit from oh so many angles. Oh, my God. The, and I, you know, usually they're not like either yeah. one of them, but they yeah. were grinding over these butts. <laughs> and That's I, pretty fun. A couple and of bows. And, you know, we played our Masters event last uh, week, and I, I, I know we had three threesomes and one foursome, but we played that in 415 with putting it out with guys' multi- handicaps all across the board from single digits up to, like, 20s. And to me, playing in 415 in a tournament condition, I was pretty happy with that. Um, it could have been a little bit faster, but I was still pretty happy with that. And so uh, there's obviously a ton of controversy on tour, and um, it's making me more of a Kepka fan, the fact that he just keeps freaking just throwing kindling on this goddamn fire of getting guys to pick up the pace. How do you feel about the tour um, and and obviously, well, you you even commented, you know, Bryson reacting to it. I think the tour is actually taking some serious notice, like 
because a lot of the players are speaking up. They're like, this is like, it's, it's, but it's, it's not only bad for the player, but it's just so bad to watch. Yep. When they're sitting there just going around. They showed it's not good. TV. They showed DeChambeau walking around a putt. It, dude, it was awful. Two and a half minutes. It was awful. You saw that on Instagram, didn't you? Yeah, looking at a book, fucking walking around it, like just like asking his caddy, Kate, hey, take take a look at this again. Like when then he misses it. And then he didn't even hit the hole and blew it four feet by. Dude, I think people just overthink. Just hit the fuck. Walk up to it. Take a look. Pick hit, a spot. Hit a putt. Pick a spot. Hit your putt. Hit a putt. Because you took all that time and you still fucking missed it. So it proves that like your over analysis is not helping. I think there's there's been enough studies out there, I guess, that say um, if you take your first initial, you know, judgment on it, you're gonna be more you're gonna be better off anyway. Like today actually on the back nine I started doing that with putting. I'm like, fuck it, I'm just gonna start hitting stuff. And it actually worked out a lot better. I started hitting stuff within tap in range and or I made stuff and it was great. I, I agree. I agree. You 100%. start grinding over stuff, thinking about everything, start thinking about distance, thinking about all these different factors. God. I, I almost think we're just kinda this this topic is just we've already talked about it enough. Like cause we're both just huge proponents of like get the shit going. And like and and go. I mean, I'm not telling you to rush. Just be ready. And if you're actually your routine's a little slower, which yours and I are actually routines for a shot, actually a little slower. Yeah. But we're always ready to go. We're at our ball. We're ready to go. We've already done our measurements and distance and all that shit. We're ready to go. Absolutely. That's, there's there's a difference. You can save a ton of time there. Hundred percent. You're and at your ball. It doesn't necessarily then then your routine is your routine. But if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. Like I so. Um, Shambly also had commented and said, you know, Brooks, especially because he's longer than these guys, he'll often be up in the fairway, like 30 yards past these guys, and he'll go walk up kind of parallel to his ball, right? Like at least get up like by it, but then be off in the first cut or something I like totally that. totally disagreed with what he said, Shambly. Uh, totally disagreed. And he's like, he's, in, he's, he's a distraction. He's in their line of sight. Bullshit. And I loved how actually Brooks responded. And he's like, well... I'm totally not in their way, one. But two, if you if I was playing with you, <laughs> that I would I probably wouldn't be standing Worry there. Worry about the shank. I probably wouldn't be standing there, which was fucking awesome was way to awesome. respond to that. But it, I do I did that all day today. I was 40, 50 yards past the, my opponent today. And especially if you're like on one side of the fairway versus the other, which is pretty normal that one guy's on kind of one side or the other. It's not like you're always on like the same side of the fairway or something like that. I would always walk up the side that was kind of close to my ball, but like be off and not in their line of path. But yeah, it might be in their line of sight, I suppose. But who gives shit? Because you know what? I'm measuring my shot. And as soon as he's done hitting, I'm going. Yep. Dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Shambly's a dipshit when he talks about stuff like that. I actually like Brandel, but I think some of the stuff he says is just he. I think all he does is just say it to incite some stuff. Dude, he's he is paid to be a pot stirrer. Yeah, and he knows it. He knows. It. Um, and it's become kind of his thing. It's become who he is. It's part of who he is. He's a pot stirrer, and uh, which is fine. I, I I'm not gonna. I, I kind of have a like a love hate thing with Brandel because I think he just says shit sometimes just to stir the pot, but at other times like he makes some valid points and or at least it's something that's thought provoking and I'm not going to hate on him for it, but like 
he's definitely not God's gift to golf. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I'm just when he has to pontificate every yeah. freaking part, I'm like, dude, just say something normal. <laughs> well, we're gonna try some tecola. We're gonna try some tecola. We'll be right back. We're gonna take a pause and and be back uh, with some uh, some anejo. Añejo. And we're back. All right. So we poured ourselves uh, a little tecala. Um, we are trying today the Gran Cava de Oro uh, Tequila Añejo. Um, and uh, this shit is legit. Um, I'm not sure how. Uh, it's hard to describe. It is hard to describe, and I will. Um, let's okay. Let's do this. Let's both take a I'm gonna, drink. I'm, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least read this little description here, um, off of the uh, decant. Is that what it's before what before what you give the be, this is uh, before you this give is the distiller app before you give the professional description. Let's mean you take a sip and give the amateur description. Okay, let's do that. All right, let's go. Here we go. So we've been drinking a lot of different tequilas uh, this past year. And <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> this, this, um, this. this. So this was, uh, this is $69.95 retail. Um, I had to have it shipped in from California because it, 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 you can't find it here in Indiana. Um, but um, uh, th- there's the amateur description of it. It's so good. It actually really reminds me of more of a bourbon um, or a whiskey than it does a tequila, uh, which is really interesting to me. Um, maybe, maybe I can agree to a point, but it's maybe got like a blends type. Yeah, but, where it's but sweet. It's just, yeah, it's it's got like a sweet, smooth, like it definitely doesn't have that bourbon bite. You know uh, what I mean? No, it doesn't. That's true. It's more, it's smoother than that for sure. It's it's smooth. It's it's like high end bourbon. It's sweet because um, there's a sweetness to it. So this is a double distilled from seven to ten year, one hundred percent blue agave, um, and uh, it is aged for two years in French red wine casks before being bottled um, at forty percent. And it is um, the Cava de Oro Gran Cava de Oro. Sorry, um, uh, Añejo. So. Um, like I said, I I I, I kind of stumbled across this one because I was looking for the mandala, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna review the seven year mandala uh, in, on our final episode of the season um, after the President's Cup. We're gonna save that one, um, but to celebrate one year of uh, the Faded Golf Podcast, but um, because that's a hundred seventy dollar bottle of tequila. I'm gonna I'm but, gonna buy us a bottle of La Familia, and uh, but I I will tell you that what's interesting about this to me in that we've been. We've been experimenting. The Clasa Azul uh, had kind of set the bar for me as far as like tequila and like what you're measuring it against. And I think it was because of the hints of vanilla to it that really like to me gave me that unique flavor that brought it beyond just any other reposado or any other añejo or your even your. Um, uh, Don Julio, which to me, like, I'll drink Don Julio or I'll drink that uh, Herradura all day long. I think they make a great tequila. It's kind of your standard flavors. It feels very, like, normal. This, 
goes beyond normal. It go. It's like a Klaus Azul type. Where it goes beyond normal. And uh, Azul goes beyond normal. This goes beyond normal in a a different way. And uh, it's almost too easy to drink. I've gotten to the point where all tequilas are a little too easy to drink. <laughs> but no, it's that if I would say one negative, it it, it it's like classes is like it's, super smooth. This this has a sweetness to it that makes it almost feel like it's yeah, I mean you're like drinking it with like it's mixed with something or something like that. But I mean so good. we're drinking this, uh it's chilled, a little bit on the rocks here. Um I honestly I I tried it neat and I like it. I, I will tell you this. Um the class azul neat kind of warm room temperature i don't necessarily love i think i could drink this neat over the class as well like neat i'm not a big neat drinker on anything but i tried it one of the better think, neat drinks i've I, ever had i think this would be easier to drink neat um i do like the class as in multiple ways but don't take this wrong but this would be an excellent shot <laughs> just a shot, a just shot, freaking power it be down. An excellent shot. Oh, dude, that, that would seem such like a waste. waste like I, that's why I said, don't take it wrong. But, oh, it would go down so smooth, easy. Yeah, it would go down easy. Yeah, I get what you're saying now. It, it would just go down so easy. This is uh, highly recommend. This might be. What? Well, how do you rate this against Class Azul? So this would be a wood. This is the wood recommend. I would recommend this to anyone who likes bourbon, tequila, or any hard liquor. Yeah. This is uh, this is right up there with the class as well. But it I, well, what I'm going to say with this though is that it um, it definitely has a different flavor. So if you're looking for the similar flavor that you get from class as well, you're not going to get this here. You're not going to, but you're going to get a really good tasting. It's different liquor here. It's different. Um, it's and it's very enjoyable. I'm I'm liking this a lot. <laughs> I'm a big fan. <laughs> I'm gonna go back though, and I will say um, I uh, I've been drinking some more Casamigos lately, and I like Casamigos. I will tell you that that Reposado it's good. is it is it is like the step down. It it could be like the the brother of uh, Class Azul because it it has that similar flavorings with the vanilla and it's those kind of good. things, and it 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 kind of requires maybe definitely you on it? you mix it. I no, I just put it on the rock, but it requires like a little bit more water to it. Kind of water it down a little bit, let the rocks melt a little bit more, and then it becomes just as smooth as the 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 class as well. But this uh, this is different, and I'll share a picture of it on the gram, and um, I'll share a link up to the uh, website that I bought it from, the the liquor store, and we'll give them a little hookup because you know they, I'm sure liquor stores need that online. Yep. So anyway. With that, um, John, glad we got another one in, and uh, we'll probably do one, maybe two more before uh, the end of the season here, and uh, with that, go out there, hit more greens, hit fairways, all that shit. You'll score score better. better. See ya. Thanks. Thanks. Pass out.